Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Evening, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching. And I guess this will be a morning episode by the time you finally are listening to this Sunday because it's a 9.30 Eastern time here. Tonight, I have with me uh, Hayden Godfrey of Jay's Journal and my buddy Adam Corsair of South of the Six. And the two of them, we're going to talk New Year's resolutions this evening and how the Blue Jays could maybe, you know, squeak some extra little things out of their lineup as it currently is. Not too much news-wise. We have one highlight for you here. But first off, Hayden, Adam, how you guys doing? Doing all right, man. How about yourself? Doing, doing good. Great. Nice to speak to you again. Great to have you guys both on, as always. You guys are kind of my, you know, my go-to players here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever I need somebody off the bench, I just call you guys, right? <laughs> I appreciate it. I love it. So, yeah. fellas, the first things first we got to talk about here. Uh, Blue Jays made a kind of a, a sneaky signing right here before the end of the um, season, or uh, the winter season here anyways, as far as December and holidays go. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is now a Toronto Blue Jay on a one-year contract. That is, um, honestly, I, in my opinion, a pretty sneaky goodbye. What do you, Hayden, why don't we start off with you, buddy? I, I really like the signing, Greg, I'll be honest with you, and not just because of the potential that he has. I mean, he, he finished second in Rookie of the Year voting in his in his rookie season, which seems like forever ago. Um, but it's just, as you mentioned, a really good sneaky signing. A lot of people are comparing this to the Jaime Garcia signing as a fifth starter type, but Jaime Garcia was making $10 million. Uh, the maximum amount that Shoemaker can make in 2019 is, I believe, four and a half. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a really, really low-risk move financially. Um, and I also like it because he's got killer facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like Brian Wilson of the freaking uh, Giants a few years ago. It's just oh, epic and legendary. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, and if we all of a sudden somehow figure out how to get Keuchel and him, you know, that's just like the bearded two, you know. You can't get by that at the top of rotation, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're getting people's hopes up, Craig. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Adam, how about you, buddy? What do you think of the uh, Shoemaker deal here? For me, there is no such thing as a bad uh, $3.5 million contract, <laughs> even if it's for one year, especially on a one-year deal. There's really no bad you know, analysis that you can offer for a deal like this. Look, the Blue Jays needed stability in their rotation, and they certainly got it. Um, other than, what, Stroman, Sanchez, and Barucki, there really wasn't anything concrete that you could offer with confidence uh, for the back end of that rotation. So when you sh- uh, shoe in Shoemaker, I see what I did there? <laughs> when you shoe in oh, Shoemaker honestly. as, yeah, it says probably at best the number four starter, I would assume. Um, when you're spending three and a half and, you know, maximum four and a half, as Hayden said, like that's, I, I it's hard to not like it. And I know there are some Blue Jays fans on the bane that is Twitter um, that, don't like the move because it's not sexy, right? It's kind of like the Eric Sogard signing. It's just not sexy. It's not anything to write home about. But that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is to establish depth. The name of the game is to solidify that rotation so you're not 
uh, trucking out unreliable names like, you know, even what, a, a Sean Refoney, a Foley, rather, a Thomas Pannone, Trent Thornton, and a Waggis Pack. Like, although one of them will be the fifth starter, um, having two of those might be a little, you know, unreliable and not anyone's idea solid. Um, so this is a reclamation project. I, I do like it. If It's a low-risk, high-reward signing, and it's really hard to not like it. Yeah, this is a guy over the last couple of years that has really struggled with injuries, but obviously by low at $3.5 million. At his peak, had 160 innings, and like Hayden was saying, that rookie of the year where he's second in the you know, voting for 2014, 136 innings with a 3.04 ERA. That's, that's honestly... Adam, I'm going to say it. That's sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I'm with you. And, like, you know, like his career, it's just slightly under a 4 uh, ERA, so it's at a 3.93. Still not bad, man. Like, I, I, it's really hard to, like, poke holes at this. And I know, it, again, it's not, like, the sexiest move that the Blue Jays have made or could make this offseason. Like, I know you got people like, a little bit tickled when you man, uh, when you mentioned Dallas Keuchel, but, like, none of that's going to happen. I'm sorry, like, nothing like that of the sort is going to happen. And when you have a guy like Shoemaker instead, like, it's fine with me. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Hey, and you got any last minute? Just that I pretty much agree with everything Adam said. I mean, the main thing is they need that depth. Um, and the only thing that I would add to that is, you know, if for some reason Shoemaker turns out to be something special, he has a really good first 40 or 50 innings, uh, he could be a decent trade chip. I mean, we've seen rebuilding teams do that where they sign, especially pitchers, not really position players, but pitchers where they'll sign on low-risk deals, see what they got, and if they're good for April, May, and a bit of June, they might deal them and get some decent prospect capital. Not that I'm expecting that to be a real point of conversation, but it's just something extra to keep in mind. But, you know, as Adam said, it's, it's, it's three and a half, four and a half mil at best. So there's really, yeah, not much to complain about here. Yeah. Not only that, too, hold on, if I can add to that. Not only that, like, if if the stars align and everything falls, like, perfectly for the Blue Jays, and I always say, like, no matter what, like, a second wild card isn't out of the question because, like, that's what the birth of the second wild card's all about. Like, anything could happen. If the Blue Jays' young stars sort of click and they go on this, like, offensive tear and Stroman and Sanchez get right, there's nothing to say that they couldn't theoretically manage to grab that second wild card. And if Shoemaker is some, some some sort of reclamation project and he is getting right, then that's a really good signing right there for three and a half at best four and a half million dollars for someone that can like maybe make this tiny little push to, towards the second wild card, even if they don't get it. It's good to make this signing as maybe a sign of entertaining baseball and the tail end of the season rather than something that like, oh, we're not really pushing for anything this year. Nothing's going to happen. And even if that does happen, as Hayden mentioned, look, if he's right, it's a good trade chip and that can get you some prospect capital to boost your system that's already pretty robust as it is for the years to come. So there's really no way you can look at this as a lose situation for the Blue Jays. Yeah, just to put a bow on it, guys, as far as everything goes, this is a guy that's had a very consistent whip no matter how many innings he's thrown through pitch it, or through a season. It's pretty much right around 1.2 consistently from his rookie season to what he, little bit he was able to finally get on the mound in the majors mm-hmm. last season. So, yeah, the ERA's been up around all over the place, but in a place like the Rogers Center, somebody that can at least get, you know, average amount of walks and hits for an inning, that's pretty solid in my opinion. Not bad, so. not bad at all. Yeah. 
So as far as all the fun goes, guys' ceiling, I think we would agree, I mean, basement value is probably the Jaime Garcia of last season. I'm yes. going to put the uh, maybe once onus on him here as far as everything goes. I'd say he could maybe be the 2015 version of Marco Estrada. Oh, that's high praise. That's <laughs> high praise, man. Nobody wanted that's him. A... Nobody thought he was going to come into this ballpark and do anything, and yet he found a way to pitch very well. This is a guy that had a little bit better of a pedigree than Estrada coming in, at least with you know those first few seasons there in Anaheim doing really well. You can make the argument. I'm just saying, but it'd be nice even if they get that nice average there in the middle of those two spots. Yeah, I think a lot of people loved Adam Lynn's little goatee and it was had to see him go. That's why they weren't really welcoming of the Estrada trade. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went there. I did. I did. Angry Jays for life, man. <laughs> yeah, and he had the goat beard to go with it. I did. <laughs> but anyway, so gentlemen, why don't we dive into the thick of this now that we've gotten the the uh, shoemakers and the shoeing, you know, puns out of the way here. <laughs> As far as everything goes. You loved it, Craig. I did. It was so. I, I don't remember who put it out on Twitter, but I said, I think it was Ian Hunter that has been on this show recently, said, I dare you to first come up with the first shoemaker pun or something like that on his Twitter feed today, like within 15 minutes of him signing. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Challenge accepted and defeated. So I'll just say. Hunter's great at that, too. He's got... He's got Puns and spades, man. Yes, I, mean. yeah. <laughs> I think that's why he gave everybody else a chance on that one. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, New Year's resolutions, guys. Um, I don't want to get into weird, cheeky shenanigans here as far as, oh, yeah, we need new pitching. We got a pitcher. Okay, whatever. That's not solved by any means necessary. But I think if we keep this conversation, my goal was to kind of get into some more of the weird things like strikeouts, walks. So it'd be nice to see Kevin Pillar actually get a walk this season. <laughs> things like that nice. as far as uh, things go here. So do you guys want me to kick it off or one of you ready to start? Uh, I can start. Okay. Mine's pretty fairly simple. Like the Blue Jays have always, well, I shouldn't say always. In recent memory, the Blue Jays have been sort of this power hitting team that you can rely on the long ball. And I know that the, mostly center around the ages of the Donaldson, the Bautistas, and Encarnacion like, uh, trio in the lineup. <clears throat> and now that that's gone, it's sort of, you're sort of hedging your bets with, with the youngsters coming in and sort of reclaiming that aspect for the Blue Jays. But for me, I would just kind of like to see someone hit more than 25 home runs on this team, like, just to make it exciting for a 2019. Uh, I, I don't know. I know maybe that's being greedy and, like, you know, it, maybe it's it's setting the bar high but for me like everyone loves the long ball i would love to see someone hit at least 30 this year like maybe vlad can start off strong and finish the year with 30 plus home runs i don't think that's out of the question yeah and we already know that tom glavin and greg maddox prove that chicks dig the lawn ball just if you haven't seen that commercial you have to look it up it is hilarious find it on youtube you will die laughing all you millennials out there it's one of the best commercials (laughs) in baseball in years so, but yeah, I agree with you. I, you got to have something to bring fans to the ballpark, and the, the long ball is the easiest way to do it. That's the reason most people came back to watching baseball after the strike in 1994. It's just sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes the game exciting. Oh, we're down by three runs. Oh, grand slam. Game's over with. <laughs> Things like yeah. that. So it is exactly needed in the Blue Jays lineup, and I think they have enough talent in that lineup that they can get sprinkle in enough home runs to make it very interesting. It wouldn't shock me that Loris Gurriel pops 20. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I don't want to put too much on him. (laughs) I 
You know, I, I'm thinking similar to Adam. I actually want to go to the other side of the ball. Uh, this might not be something that brings fans, the casual fan to the ballpark, but it would certainly bring me to the ballpark. One of the things that I want to see him do in the new year is test out the opener concept. Um, you know, Adam mentioned in sort of the, the Shoemaker conversation that they really only have Stroman, Sanchez, Barucki, maybe, as concrete sort of arms in this rotation. And I don't even know, as of this point, that those are concrete foolproof options to throw 150 innings. I mean, they definitely all have the potential to. Don't get me wrong. Um, You know, but but I wouldn't bet on that at this point, Uh, especially with the Stroman trade rumors. I don't know if I buy them right now, but, you know, I digress. I would like to see them go ahead with uh, the opener concept. They have some really interesting arms who are high-profile arms who can throw really, really fast and blow the ball by hitters. I'm talking about... um, uh, Hector Perez, uh, Tapera has always interested me and intrigued me for some reason. I feel like Danny Barnes can have uh, a bounce-back season. Uh, I've spoken to some folks around the organization who are really high on David Polino, um, and he's somebody who I've been interested in for quite a while. So if they can bring these guys to the forefront, have them pitch an inning or two, and then try out some of these longer relievers, the, uh, the Waggis Pack, as as uh, Adam mentioned. Um, Thornton is very, very interesting to me. Reed Foley, Gavilio, even uh, TJ Zoic later on in the year. I don't know how close he is uh, just yet to being brought up, but I would like to see them experiment with that. And, and given Charlie Montoyo's recent comments, it looks like that could be somewhat of a possibility, especially given the fact that he came from the Rays, one of the more progressive ball clubs uh, in the league. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked that they try that kind of thing, Hayden, as far as things go, but it, they got to build up some of that depth. And um, it might be with the young kids. You know, I'd love to see David Paulino come out there and air it out for an inning, but I honestly do think he still profiles pretty well as a starter. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that a lot of the guys initially that Tampa Bay was setting out with the exception of Sergio Romo were starters, um, and and I believe Ryan Stanek, who is sort of one of the, the first guinea pigs of that, was a starter coming up, uh, and it's definitely possible that they go back to that, um, but you never know. I mean, Sanchez was fantastic in the bullpen. Uh, Biagini was fantastic in the bullpen. Uh, Osuna was fantastic in the bullpen. All three of those guys came up as starters. Uh, you know whether or not there's this air of permanence surrounding a move to the bullpen and as a, as an opener, uh, we don't know because it really hasn't been that widespread in baseball. But it's it's definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Do you think that the the league is sort of trending towards that? Because like the, when something sticks and when something uh, becomes fashionable. Or there's a new trend happening. Like a lot of other teams like to to roll with it and to try their luck with it. Like think of the shift. Now it's like this huge widespread thing amongst all teams in baseball, and they love using it to the point where there's discussion of banning it. Um, that's how much how often it's utilized in baseball. So do you think that this is something that's going to be an up and coming thing that eventually all teams will sort of fiddle with? You know, Adam, I, I that's a fantastic question. I, I really do think that teams are going to catch on and it's going to become a widespread thing. And I'll tell you why. Uh, The Rays won 90 games last year. I mean, it's crazy to think about that. They came in third. They did not get a wild card berth, but they won 90 games on one of the lowest payrolls in the league. Um, And so I think what what we've seen is that that strategy works. Now, does it only work because the Tampa Bay Rays roster was constructed in a very unique way? Uh, Perhaps. You know, we haven't seen it 
used in a more traditional, a Dodgers rotation, for example, that has five concrete starters, a Red Sox rotation where you're going to have David Price come out in the third inning. I, I, I don't <laughs> know about I don't know about that, um, but I definitely think that for a lot of these smaller market teams, right, not the juggernauts with the aces, right, they're only about four or five aces in the league. Those teams, I don't think so. Um, but just as you mentioned, you know, what the, what the shift is leading to genuine progress right it's it's giving pitchers a better chance to get outs it's giving teams a better chance to win and i think that it doesn't really matter what that is but if a tampa bay Rays team that their highest paid player was lord i can't even think of it it wasn't even archer anyways um if they're winning games at such an alarming rate i think the rest of the league has to catch on yeah it's you can't keep a secret forever right Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, wasn't it, 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 forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't, like, Madden the guy that sort of revolutionized the, the whole shift thing and while he was with Tampa? So, like, yep. it, it, it's a whole, it, maybe it's the Tampa Bay, like, they have, uh, they have all these great uh, pitching, all this great pitching in their, in their farm system that eventually goes elsewhere. So maybe this is, like, the, the birth of ideas, sort of, they, you know, create these new ways to, um, you know, sort of analyze the game and utilize the game, and then it just spreads around the league. The, mo- the mother of invention is necessity. It's, it's a favorite saying of mine with regards to innovation, and I think it's particularly applicable to baseball. Like, Joe Madden had a stupidly small group of competent players to work with, and they went to the World Series one year. So, Yeah. yeah. With uh, Eric Kinski, nonetheless. So. With Eric? Yeah. <laughs> what was it, four years in a row or something like that? He was on yeah. playoff teams and just yeah. kept being a new team every year? That's insane. Wow. Hey, he's a coach somewhere now too. I forget. Is he? Who. Yeah, he I, was I, Angels as a or Padres or Angels as a hitting coach. I don't. He might have been let go. I. I, I don't know. Much, Same yeah. thing with Baldelli, man. Baldelli is yeah. a, a manager now. Oh, Baldelli's fantastic. The stuff yeah. he did in Tampa was awesome. Yeah, the Rhode Rays, Island uh, secret might be out, guys. As far as everything yeah. goes, because it's now in at least two other places. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the Twins have been grabbing up players like left and right too. So. They're looking like a solid ball club. But, yeah, it is what it is. And uh, I agree that if you can't get the rotation solid as you want, you got to think of something. So, Hayden, maybe yours comes true here. At least it might have some chance. As far as your point, Adam, about the home runs, I do have to point this out. Even with all the fun that we had last year, the Blue Jays were still in the top five in home runs in baseball. Ah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Blue Jays are, like, this perennial home run hitting team, but it just doesn't feel that way. At least last year, it didn't feel that way because the offense wasn't nearly as on fire as years previously, especially in, like, the 2015-16 era that people sort of latched onto this team. Like, last year just always seemed like such a bummer, and if you're saying they're top five, then there you go. Like, maybe that even soars upward to, like, the top three, top two with guys like Vladdy coming in and sort of just tearing it off the roof. Who hit them all last year? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Who Justin, hit them all? I know Justin Smoke sprinkled them on everywhere. you got to think that like, Gurriel had nine, right? Something like that. So you had even, like, your low-end solid, guys that solid, came in around solid. the All-Star game. Yeah, Smoke and Graychuk had 25 apiece. So that's okay. right there. That was your bulk. Who did? Yeah. I mean, Diaz was pretty good. Salarte. I don't know if Salarte quite got to 20, but he was definitely. Salarte at 17. Okay. But I'm just yeah. sitting there, like, as I'm like, what? Yeah. Craig's full of it. He's a liar. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm serious. That in 134 games, Teoscar Hernandez had 22. Not, Not bad. bad. Yeah. Not bad. And he's already had a couple over this uh, in the Mexican league too, including a walk off in the last week. So I think the home runs are at least going to continue for him. But now we'll, I'm going to use that one right there, Adam, as my segue to my terribleness. Yeah. <laughs> 
I hope the Blue Jays can learn to not strike out as much as they are and play some old school Tony Gwynn baseball. <laughs> All right, hold on. So you looked up the home runs. They led. They were top five in the league in home runs. What were they in strikeouts? Dead middle. Yeah. Okay. 15, All right. Well, that's not. That's not bad. That surprises yeah. me, honestly. Yeah, but it, it, I will give you this. It is very, very close from all the way up to number 12, which is just under 1,300 in the season, and then all the way back down to 19, which is 1,370. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so you're within 20 of being all the way down at number 19 or all the way up near, which I was shocked that the Baltimore Orioles are number 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> With the most. Chris Davis has got... It's got more than the other ten teams combined, so that's, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, and I, I assume that you would be shocked to know that the Yankees weren't the team with the most strikeouts. Interesting. They were I actually know. number nine and number one, which makes sense to a point when I say it here, is you guys are going to be like, oh, that makes more sense. Top three were the Chicago White Sox, San Diego yeah. Padres, and the Philadelphia Phillies. I was going to say the White Sox. That the makes total sense. teams. Yeah. 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 Which makes sense with how baseballs went. I just, I honestly, and maybe this just is my school of thought. The first team that starts hitting the ball more in play starts killing the shift. It doesn't matter yes. if it's even just a little bloop down the left field line when nobody's standing at third base. I don't care. Anything to increase the ball going into play. It's the same thing with hockey. If you don't put the damn puck on the net, you don't <laughs> score the goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, really. Great that you brought that up, Craig, because I was just thinking about this the other day. The, the 2015 Royals team that took down that that awesome Blue Jays team, I mean, they would they would single you to death, right? You put pressure on the defense. This is going back to an old, you know, Billy Bean Moneyball type trick. You put the ball in place. Strikeouts are the biggest killer. Pretty much any uh, one of the three true outcomes is not great for pace of play as far as Manfred is concerned. But, you know, you look at these players who are now extinct, the Adam Dunn's of the world. Uh, even one of my favorite players growing up, Jim Tomey, I'm not sure he'd get the massive contract if he were still playing today. Guys <laughs> like Chris Carter are completely out of a job yep, because, yeah. yes, they can they can hit 40 home runs on the year, uh, but their OBP's hovering around three. They can't get on base. They don't put the ball in play. And I definitely agree, especially when we saw guys like Hernandez with the OBP's hovering around 290. I mean, that is that wow. that's scary. So... I'd like to see that as well. Completely agree. And But as far as it goes, too, I just think it goes to show you is in the age of the pitch count that we're in right now, if you have guys going to the plate that are going to try getting you at least four pitches every at-bat through yeah. a whole lineup, that compounds the issue really quick. And you're into that team's bullpen way earlier than they ever anticipated. So it's that yeah. whole thing. And if you crush somebody like that in the first game of a series, by the time you get to game three, four of a series, you're hitting off the guys that shouldn't even be throwing the ball or yeah. the guys they brought off the bus from AAA. <laughs> you know, it's that's, like this is well, the way you can win games without having to actually get a ton better. This is just that, le- le- uh, hedging your bet a little bit. Okay, I don't care how you put the ball on play. If you've got a 0-2 count, just put the bat out there and just push yes. it in. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Well, that's why I love Curtis Granderson so much this year. I mean, yeah. he, he had such long at-bats. Um, and it's just valuable. It's an intangible, right? There, I, There's not a lot. The, the stat of pitches per at-bat is not really popularized. I really hope it will be because, as you mentioned, this era is the pitch count era where once you get near 100 pitches, you're getting the hook soon. Yep. I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh... – Curtis Grandison, and I, I don't mean to circle back to it, but, like, you just mentioned, like, how valuable he was to the team and, like, how 
sort of like a breath of fresh air that he was to the team. And, you know, like there was a moment that, you know, when when the signing happened, people were like, oh, Curtis Grissom over the hill. I'm just like, you can't really have a bad signing when yes. it comes to like this one. What was it? A five million dollar contract? Five, five, oh, yeah. It's five yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever. Like, this is even more than Shoemaker. Not to bring it back, but like this is even more than Shoemaker. So like it goes to show you, you just never know. Like yes. you never know what can bring to the field um, and what can provide you with stability. Uh, Craig, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to add another thing to my New Year's resolution, if you don't mind. Yeah. Can you hold that for one second? I got one sure, last yeah. tidbit on the strikeout thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the strikeouts go, though, if you're going to see more pitches, you would assume that you're going to get more walks. Last year, the Blue Jays finished in the bottom 10 in yeah. walks as a team. Wow. So, I mean, and, well, I, 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 and obviously that goes to say when Tay Oscar comes up there and swings and misses on three pitches. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and that, that's no discredit to him. I honestly think he's going to be a very good ball player. Uh, but as far as everything goes, you, you, you see more pitches, you get more opportunities, and maybe it doesn't come in hits. But if you see enough pitches from a pitcher, you're going to be like, oh, that slider is going to be an easy ball by the time it gets to the plate after you see it once or twice. Things yes. like that. So it's a lot of things that come from that one little grain of things. Just that maybe not being as aggressive at the plate. And I hope that's what this new regime of the Montoyo era here really starts pushing on it. Go, hey, you know, we got a new new game in town. Let's play it like this and see what happens. For sure. Yeah, if, for sure. If Montoyo has anything to say about it, Craig, they will. Because that's one thing we've been saying in watching the Tampa Bay Rays over the past couple seasons. They are tough outs. I mean, I, with the amount of athleticism, Hayden, that we have on this team, there's no reason we shouldn't be those tough outs. You don't. You don't have to. As you mentioned, I loved. I loved that point. You don't have to be the best ball player in the world, but if you're getting up there and seeing three, four, five pitches, putting the ball in play, you're going to force a lot of errors, uh, and that's a big thing in baseball now. So yeah, totally agree with that point. I'd really like to see that as well. All right, Adam, I'm ready for your tidbit, man. Where are we going with uh, this one? <laughs> it's, it's just a little minor thing. Um, I just don't want, and I, and anybody listening, I encourage you not to do the same thing. Don't fall into the Kevin Pillar is fixed trap in in the early part of the season because he will just fall back into form and just swing at anything and everything on the plate. Like last year, I remember he had such a hot start and to the point where I was second guessing myself to say, oh, maybe Kevin Pillar's a little bit more disciplined at the plate. Oh no, no, June and July <laughs> happened. No, he's not. He's not. He's he's swinging at everything. So when it comes to Kevin Pillar, like I know he like he's a fan favorite. I know he's like a long tenure Blue Jay up through the system. I get it. But, like, just don't fall into the trap. Like, he is what he is. I think we've seen enough of Kevin Pillar to understand that this is what he is and this is what we can expect from him on a, on a seasonal basis. I, I agree with you completely, and I hate that I do. Because, I, as you mentioned, <laughs> fan favorite, like, I really like Kevin Pillar, and I really want to root for Kevin Pillar. Hayden, I have a Kevin Pillar jersey, so I'm with you. Okay, yeah. No, and it's not just because, like, my mom thinks that he's really attractive. It's that he's, like, <laughs> genuine. He's a, like, he's a guy who had a lot of potential in his defense, even though it has dwindled. Like, it's just, he's a guy that I want to root for. And yeah, he's making it really hard, especially with, oh, I want to say 13, 14 walks this year. Uh, that's that's not even real. That's like me on MLB The Show. That's not even a real statistic. So yeah, I'd like to see that as well. So just uh, just enjoy March and April, and that's it. Oh, I will. Oh, we yeah. will. Yes. <laughs> 18 walks on the season. Oh, boy. Oh, that's just terrible, to put that into perspective, he played 142 games. Devin Travis had 103 games. Is the only Blue Jay in the main starting lineup that had less walks Ooh. during the season. He had 16 <laughs> in 103 games. <laughs> it's yeah. laughable. It's laughable. Yeah. I heard I heard Adam in the background. Like it's laughable. Yeah. yeah. There's guys yeah. on our bench that have more walks. 
Really? <laughs> Lars Gurriel has nine. He only played in 20, uh, 65 games. So if you want to Jeez. compound that over the regular part of a season, he beats him. Uh, Richard Urania only plays in four games, has seven. <laughs> Luke Maley had more walks. <laughs> it's just that there needs to be some changes. And you know what? I think that's a major reason why Unherbis Salarte got non-tendered. I mean, obviously, it was as a result of just the ultimate statistics, the OBP, the average, but he wasn't walking. He was striking out a ton. And especially in, a, in an era where your best hitters are your two, three hitters, having a number four or five hitter that strikes out 20, 25% of the time and doesn't walk anywhere near 10 is just a liability. It's not happening. Like, that's one of the trends that I've been following really, really closely in baseball is guys who walk, guys who have high OBPs get really far. Yeah. So, Anders Morales had 50, just to put everything in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all biting his head off and re- getting ready to release him, like, what, two days into the season last year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Russell Martin had 56 in 90 games. 56 in 90 games. And that's not even a veteran thing. That's just somebody that knows the strike zone and yeah. is controlling the strike zone while they're hitting. And that's why I think the strikeout thing is so crucial. Yes. If Martin can strike out less, those walk numbers are looking a lot more impressive. Correct. For sure. For sure. So. And I think a lot of that's just uh, he was never really truly right the whole season. No. Whatever the reason might be. So, you know, Lisa's eyes hadn't went. And I think he can prove that with that point. He's just swinging and missing more than he had been previously in his career. So, gentlemen, I got one more New Year's resolution if you want to discuss one further. Yeah. Um, anywho, where was I going here? I had it all played out. Oh, yeah. So I had mentioned the athletic, uh, athletic uh, idea here. If the Blue Jays are going to go into this full rebuild thing, the team gets more athletic. Why are we not stealing more bases? Kevin Pillar, <laughs> one of the main stolen base guys on this team. Again, the only guy in double digits on the whole roster with 14. So mm-hmm. just to put that in perspective, the Toronto Blue Jays as a team were in clearly the bottom with that, with 47 as a team total. And that's pretty much a continuing trend for you know more or less since 2010. So you know, I, there was only two teams that finished worse than us, and that was the Miami Marlins and the Oakland Athletics, who are on-base guys. They don't care about stealing bases. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. look, the A's, the A's won 97 games, so if they're not stealing bags, they're doing something else. But but the, the stolen base thing is like, one thing that I've noticed in trends, I mean, I grew up you know watching guys like Scott Pensednik, Juan Pierre, who would rack up 75-80 steals a year. Um, and they would be at the top of the lineup, get on base, steal consistently, and second batter in the game, they'd be on second. That's not really happening anymore. I mean, you know, Ben Revere's kind of out of a job for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we are seeing is these contending teams are having every single player in their lineup stealing 9, 10 bases. Um, and the aggregate result is that you're getting, what, close to 100 steals on some of those teams. So, you know, are they going to go out and get, oh, who's even the top base stealer? I don't even know who's been stealing the most. Who's off the top of my head these days. I know it's VR a couple of, in the last couple of years. Um, but the stolen bases are really exciting. I mean, that's a, that's a part of the game that I really wish would come back and come back soon, especially in this team. And I think that's why a lot of people are really hoping that Alfred and, and Dwight Smith Jr. and Roman Fields and Jonathan Davis get a shot. But I, I completely agree on that one as well. Yeah, Jonathan you- Davis would be a really good one for that. But I think 
Adam Corsair's man crush here in Ad- Anthony Alfer <laughs> <laughs> might want to just take the mic right now. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say that like I just don't know that they have the uh, for lack of a better way to put it the, per- the personnel to execute stolen bases correctly or even adequately for this team right now. And I also like when it came to last year, I, I just kind of floating this out there. How much did that have to do with like management? Uh, or like I guess Gibby, who's you know was controlling it, not really pushing for it. I, I, is that fair to ask? Like I, I just don't know that that was really a big part of the makeup and a big part of his management style. I can agree with I, that. Yeah, I, I know for like I think I know that it wasn't because I remember listening to Gibby interviews and he was particularly stingy on bunts. Um, and for me, bunting and stolen bases and sack flies and hit and runs, like that all, that all gets lumped together uh, in terms of small ball style of play. So, yeah, I think it is. With that being said, you know, the Rays never struck me as a really, really fast team. But at the same time, I, I really hope that Montoyo brings that in. But Adam, as you mentioned, I don't know that they have the personnel for that. Uh, I really want to see them get it. it. It just It just doesn't seem like there's anybody really on the market. Uh, for that, unless you're looking at an only stolen base guy like a Terrence score, who, by the way, has more stolen bases than he does plate appearances. Oh, so, <laughs> just, just wow. enigma. So I don't know if they're looking for that, but I really want to see them run. Just wreak havoc on the bases, get in the pitcher's head. It's just as it's simple just as that. Just enough to even steal that extra base on a single or something like that. Yeah. Like that. Squeeze the double. I'm just saying that. Yeah, the state stolen bases are the measurable part of athletic, at the athletic part. I think here, as far as what I'm trying to hit. But just to put it out there, like I, I'm going to use the last year 2019 or 2018 Cleveland Indians led the league in stolen bases with huh. 135. The league average is um, in the American League. It was 84. Okay. So this is the offshoot, but the um, the Indians did it with Jose Ramirez as their leader with 34 stolen bases, and then everybody else after that's peppering in 20, 10, yeah. so on and so forth. Him and and then like the main guys were Jose Ramirez with 34, which I mm-hmm. was shocked that I didn't really ever peg him as a you know stolen base guy. Now this guy's a full on five tool player now in my yes. with 39 home runs and 105 RBIs, <laughs> and um, but then you have Lindor, Greg Allen, and Rajay Davis. Makes yeah. sense though, and then Michael Brantley with 12. Yeah, so. I on it. I I maybe it's just me. I could see Billy McKenney stealing a bag here and there, and some of these other guys. You know, I, I, it shocks me that Teoscar Hernandez only had five and got caught five last time last <laughs> season. I just think there's some room to grow there. Randall Grychuk having good speed, only stealing three bases. I think it's a learning point that they could possibly emphasize a little bit and just bring that speed element, or like uh, Hayden was saying, that random gesture just to keep the frickin' uh, pitchers off balance. If the, the, Every other team that's ever come into the Rogers Center to play us has said, oh, yeah, the Blue Jays aren't running. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they're not aggressive. They've never really been uh, a team that has been aggressive on the base paths it's, it, when it comes to stealing bases. So I think that if if Montoyo is the sort of manager that emphasizes it, I do think you're going to see it. And, like, I, look, I'm okay with them doing it a lot and failing. Just at least that yeah. they're trying and, like, trying to make it a part of their game. To, and even if they are failing, it's still keeping pitchers off balance. Like, once... The, the pitcher is, like, you know, looking over and seeing, like, a giant lead. Like, it's still going to make him second guess. So, in that aspect, let them go. Like, even if they're failing, let them go. I, I would like to see them at least try and hone their skills because that's the only way it's going to happen. You have to be in these 
these real game situations in order to to develop these skills and to learn. So I'm cool with it. Like I said, like if if they're not hitting long balls and if they're striking out a ton, like at least steal a couple bags, even if you're getting caught. Whatever, it's fun. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think a lot of what that is in the in-game situations goes back to what you talked about with the home run hitting ball clubs. Like <clears throat> a home run hitting ball club normally does not steal a lot of bases. <clears throat> I mean, modern sabermetricians and baseball analysts would say that there is a massive, massive difference between a runner on first and a runner on second that would result from a stolen base. Mm-hmm. But old school guys would say that a runner on first and a runner on second is not massive because a home run brings them home either way. And so it is this newer school of thinking that they really need to get into. And I, I just think I, they didn't really attempt a lot of steals. Like, it was really shocking when you're watching a Jays game to see them attempt a steal. Um, and oftentimes it would be, unfortunately, a failed hit and run that would result in the runner just being a sitting duck out there. I hate to say it, but it was more common than you'd think. So I think if they are moving away from that home run style and being more this even just get on base type of attack. I think the stolen bases are going to come. Do they have the personnel? That's a completely other story, and I think we'll we'll see that as the season gets started. But I I completely agree. I just I want to see some more exciting ball. Like like you see these teams, the Indians are never dull. It's never dull baseball. It's always fun, and, and I really want to see the Jays bring that back. Well, now Kluber's gone, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as it goes, like you said, you bring that element of surprise back into the game. You know, as soon as the ball's put in play by the pitcher, you don't know what's going to happen. Right now, we kind of know what's going to happen, at least the last few years. The Blue Jays are going to sit and wait for that pop, yep. that extra base hit, the home run, whatever it might be. They're sitting and waiting for that the game to come to them as far as that kind of thing goes. It'd be nice to see them aggressively attack instead of just sitting back and make the game come to them type thing. So, mm-hmm. fellas... Any other New Year's resolutions, or should we put a bow on this thing? Uh, I want the, they should win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, personally, I want to eat less carbs, but that's not really relevant here. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I just want to see some good baseball. Like, I love getting $8 tickets in September as much as the next guy. Um, but I remember being in subway stations in 2015 and 16 and having people chant, let's go Blue Jays. So living in this city when there's a winning team of any variety. I mean, we're seeing that now with the, with the Raptors and to some degree the Leafs. But, you know, it's so fun to be part of a fandom and to be part of sort of the blog sphere, as, as all three of us are. I just really want to see that come back and quick. I understand it's probably not going to – It's well, not probably. It's not going to happen this year. It might not even happen next year. But, yeah, just want to see some exciting ball. Yeah, and, like, you know, when you have a winning ball club, it makes, as you mentioned, the, the blog sphere aspect, it makes talking and writing about the team a lot more fun. Um, you, you, when when a team's losing, it's really hard. Like, and I think I can speak for all of us. It's really hard to like find topics oh, to yeah. talk and write about, and sort of like, ah, oh, let's talk about the prospects that we talked about two weeks ago. Yeah. Some things have happened. Like, it's just uh, it's sort of like redundant topics. So, like, yeah. when you when they're winning, it sort of like expands the analysis of the team. And I'm sort of thirsty for that, and I'm sure both of you are as well. Yeah. Is it just totally. because I'm sharpening up my pencil to do my top 30 prospects? You got a raid on my parade like that, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's always a good thing to do. But, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I won't be the guy. Oh, should I say this? Am I going to get hated on for this? But I'm I'm kind of a little tired of, of hearing about Vlad and the Miners. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I love it. Again, he's going to come. I'm going to get his jersey, and it's going to be just the biggest thing to happen since 
uh, when was the last thing that something big happened since the too low trade or the price trade, right? Yeah. But hearing, here's what Vlad did in the minors, here's what Bo and Kevin, and here's what these guys are doing in the minors, it, it gets a little bit tiring. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as all that fun goes, gentlemen, <laughs> Hayden, yeah. why don't you t- kick this off and uh, tell me what you're working on for Jay's Journal. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of doing my my own thing at, at at Jay's Journal, working with Chris and Clayton as I have been for the last almost year, just trying to provide some alternate looks. Um, I've been doing a lot of interviews with prospects who have been exceptionally nice and and courteous to me and letting me sort of pick their brains on some things, um, and that's definitely going to continue on in the new year. I have a couple of very exciting ball players who I'm going to be talking to and really diving in depth uh, and and some Blue Jays personnel as well. Uh, and also hitting on all the breaking news. I mean, I'm always shocked at how quickly we're able to get to stuff. So, you know, if you want to know what's happening, you know, half the time I feel like I'm just reporting on what Ross Atkins is saying. Uh, <laughs> but I really like to think we're a great place for that. I'm also going to be expanding and writing at some other outlets. But yeah, really proud of the work that we're doing and hoping to continue it in the new year. Well, we're always have, glad to have you here on Jaybird Watching, my friend, too. So don't forget about us here when you get too big talking to all those prospects. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. Always, It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. No worries, man. So, Adam, south of the six, what we have going on. Obviously, the Raptors are, you know, slightly killing it. <laughs> the Raptors are slightly killing it, and people are slightly freaking out because they're a half game out of first place right now. So people are, like, <laughs> really freaking out. But, it, like, I I was on a podcast earlier today. I was on the Raptors Rapture podcast earlier today, and the message was clear. Like, don't freak out. It's just December. Like, it's fine. Like, it, it, and, again, like, I know this is a Blue Jays podcast, but if anybody out there is a Raptors fan as well and, you know, is freaking out as a result, don't because – Anything we've learned from the Raptors last year, it doesn't matter where they finish. It doesn't matter where they seed. All that matters is the playoffs. So just keep the playoffs on your mind. Keep the ultimate goal on your mind. And uh, that's all that matters. And what we're doing in South of the Six, we got a lot of great writers, you included, Craig, uh, writing about Blue Jays, writing about Raptors. Uh, predominantly right now, the talk is focused uh, on the Raptors for the podcast. Um, once the Blue Jays season inches closer, we'll be ramping that back up. I know, uh, Craig, you're, you and I, we do the, the, the bird-watching game cast. When that um, comes, we'll be looking forward to doing that as well. But otherwise, head over to southofthesix.com, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and Craig, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Always, man. I'm uh, looking forward to popping a few beers and doing those game casts for you so all you out there can uh, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. mute those uh, Joe Bucks and... <laughs> Everybody out there, the Buck Martinez and Tabby feed, you can just go click on that and come over and have a few beers and throw some peanuts around with us and yeah. have a good time. You don't have to hear a, get up, ball, get up. You don't have to hear that. <laughs> we'll come up with our own terrible crap that repeat yeah. every five minutes. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll bring back a Berman and go, back, 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 God. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't need the chicken. I know he's a Bills fan. He's like the president of the of the mafia, but no, we don't need, we don't need the back, 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 no. No. <laughs> it's all good, man. I get you. So, anyways, thank you, guys. I really appreciate you being on the show. It's always a pleasure. So, And uh, so- make sure you hit up Jay's Journal and southofthesix.com to, you know, see everything. You can even catch the Jaybird po- Jay Watching podcast on uh, the Blue Jays section of South of the Six now. So, it's all fun and games here on Blue Jay land. So, everybody, j- once again, guys, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Craig. Happy New Year, man. Take it easy. Happy Thank New you. Year to you too, guys. And all Happy New Year to all of you Toronto Blue Jays fans. Make sure you hit up those subscribe buttons on 
Apple Podcasts, whatever you get your podcasting pleasures from, Google Play, however, whatever it may be. Um, also, don't forget to hit up the brand new website, jaybirdwatching.com, and you can interact with us. We'll have anything that any of our contributors or possible podcast people, as far as links go and whatnot, to find everybody at. So this show will be up and going very shortly. And thanks again, guys. Peace out. Later. Good, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.